0: All right, we're standing on the bow of the boat in the flats of Florida looking, 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 waiting for this huge fish, this huge sport fish, game fish called the tarpon to come swimming. Maybe as our guide, Captain Dave Chenard pulls us through the gulf, we could uh, see a group of them daisy chaining. And maybe we'll have an opportunity to cast this fly rod to them. Do not stand on your fly line, rule number Hmm. one, quote, unquote, Billy Pate taught us. (laughs) But to deliver that thing with precision, not to the fish's butt, but to his face where he'll take it hook up and that's where the fun begins of a hundred pound yeah. fish shaking his head welcome everybody to the Carolina Outdoors I'm Bill Barty. on the right hand of your radio dial on the left hand side Mr. Wes
1: Lawson hey Bill let's talk about this let's talk about these Silver Kings the megalops atlanticus the bucket mouth <laughs> what a great fish it's a fish depicted
0: on the fresco on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel Michelangelo, he was a tarpon fisherman.
1: Can you believe that? You know, the Sistine Chapel is a long way from where we think where we think these fish are. Oh, and that was a
0: long time ago. Was. 1510 or so. But listen, on the Carolina Outdoors, as we're waking up early on a Saturday morning, maybe we are subscribed and tuned in via podcast. Just type in Carolina Outdoors, wherever you listen to your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, and so on. We bring in our specialist. He is originally from New Jersey, but quickly made his way to the Gulf Coast of Florida. Captain Dave Chenard has made his living outfitting people and dealers like Jesse Browns for tarpon fishing and other types of fishing. He's also uh, guided plenty of people um, after in pursuit of the tarpon. He's going to talk to us about the Silver King. Captain Dave Shenard, welcome.
2: Well, thank you. It's always a pleasure to be back with you all and uh, no better time of the year to get with you than tarpon season for sure.
0: So tell us a little bit about that because you have, uh, tarpon are uh, um, both a migratory fish where they're moving around from place to place, including where you are on the Gulf Coast of Florida, but you also have resident fish who live there year-round. This time of year when the waters are warmed up, these fish are inshore. Very obtainable from, um, uh, 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 you know, uh, the coast or uh, light craft. Talk to us about summertime in Florida and the Silver King Tarpon.
2: Well, like you mentioned, uh, the tarpon come through in a migratory fashion um, through the early spring. It's great to see our visitors come through. And uh, after that season progresses through about this time of year, July into, if you will, even August, uh, a lot of the migratories may be gone, but we have resident fish that stick around. Not only some of them of size, but the real fishery would be the juveniles. Um, A lot of people will start to focus August, September, October on those juveniles. They will stay for a few years in amongst the sticks and the mangroves, the creeks, all the safe haven where the bait is full and there's safety around. And they'll just put on some size and grow until they get sexually mature enough to say, you know what, I'm, I'm able to leave the house and start to join the groups of other migratory fish and see what it is like to go travel and see their world, if you will. So a lot of people will target these on canoes, paddle boards, bicycles literally riding up and down trails. You do need some water, like the the tarpon need water, so rainy season in Florida is truly that summertime thunderstorm, a lot of rain draining, and all that water pushes up into these creeks, and these fish just have a great time, so they're very accessible. They would be a little less sight-casting, uh, as we've talked about before in our broadcasts in prior years, the tarpon is one of the most amazing hunts in the world, because it's all for the most part visual you and your guide are going to be seeing these fish way in advance you're going to strategize exactly where you're going to cast you're going to see how to move it and twitch it and wiggle it and you're going to see her interests get you know really sparked up her eyes get big and she leans and next you watch the whole f- movies this is much more blind fishing a lot more like we're used to with let's just say bass fishing or some of the other wonderful fishing that we'll do where You're identifying where they will be and where you believe they are, and then you're going to be going and casting your flies and bring them out of the sticks or out of the ditches and early mornings in some of these canals. And it's a lot of fun. You can use your trout rods, that same rod you would use in North Carolina and our mountains. A lot of times, our streamer rods, like in a six weight or even a nymphing rod in a five weight, you could even use really. But five, sixes, and seven weight rods using small bait fish patterns, you can. Can tie almost anything you want a lot of shades and whatnot and it's just a hoot it really is jumpers I mean they will jump everywhere and sometimes you hang them like Christmas ornaments in those bushes you can't help but to laugh they wiggle off but they launch themselves two three feet and dangle you from your line almost like an ornament and you just gotta laugh but it's it's a hoot.
1: You know, the, the, some of these um, juvenile fish that we think of are in that kind of 50-pound range, which for a tarpon really isn't that big. But for most fish, is quite sizable. But even the little fish, the, the sub-20-pound fish, which, again, is still a pretty large animal, provides so much fun. You never see a picture of someone holding a rod and a reel in a juvenile tarpon, and they don't have the biggest grin on their face.
2: Oh, they're gorgeous. They're beautiful works of art. They are as, every bit as pretty as like a little mountain brook trout or rainbow trout. When you really look at them, they are it's like, uh, gosh, it's just gorgeous, right? I would agree wholeheartedly on that. And the neat thing is there's one tournament called Poonfecta run by the barfly down on the west coast of Florida. He's grown this over the years, but the reason I bring it up is his baby tarpon tournament. Uh, part of the uh, tournament is they have an inch measurement on their on their recording sheet for every inch of tarpon up to like thirty or thirty two inches. So two inches, three inches, four inches. So the person who can catch the most classifications of fish and check it off with a picture, well, you could win this award. And it just goes to show the true fun of tarpon fishing when you can catch two inches or four inches or eight inches or twelve inches, and they're gorgeous. And you make a sport out of that. Just to have fun. Why not? They're they're just a hoot
1: to catch. Well, and the the sport of tarpon fishing over the years has evolved from a few people who made their way down to Gulf Coast in Florida, and even over to Africa on occasion, going for very specific IGFA records, to now to folks who Mm -hmm. it's a little bit more accessible. But if we could for just a minute, let's talk about these fish. You know, so we've talked about the, the juveniles, inches on up to 30 or 40 pounds, but these get truly gargantuan. Everything oh, about yeah. this fish is big. You know, yeah. megalops atlanticus, megalops meaning large eye. That eye is huge, and it can see your, your fly pattern from how far away?
2: I mean gosh, they they are sensitive to the fly color, fly size, leader, all of this, they can be. Now, one of the advantages we have is when the water gets a little stained, right? So tarpon in general will get easier to catch as the water gets more murky. As you get more towards gin clear ocean front flats, that's what's evolved over the years with smaller hooks and smaller flies and lighter tippets, but their vision is tremendous. One of their best vision uh, aspects, though, is nighttime. Yes, they have great vision during the day, but God gave them the superpower, if you will, to be truly powerful night vision hunters. So a lot of times we maybe are forcing tarpon with perfect presentation. It makes the game that much more challenging, but we're going to force them to eat during the day. Well, why do we say that? Well, you ever go to the breakfast and have a big corned beef hash and omelet and three pancakes like I just had minutes ago <laughs> and feel like I don't want to eat anything else. I don't even want to think about breakfast for another few days. Well, the tarpon at night, every night is going to gorge themselves. Well, some nights more than others with crab flushes and bait, but they're a prolific nighttime feeder as well. Upturned mouth, eyes that really perform in the dark. And so during the day, yes, great vision, but their true powers at night. And why maybe sometimes they're a little harder to feed during the day, but it's okay. We, we figured it out and we, we make it work and it's a lot of fun.
0: Captain Dave Chenard is our guest from the Gulf Coast of Florida talking about the Megalops atlanticus, the tarpon, the silver king. The, the Atlantic tarpon evolved approximately 18 million years ago, is one of the oldest living fish in the world currently. But Dave, for our listeners out there, um who ask, boy that would be a great fish to catch to eat not so uh-huh. much for the most part this is only a game fish only a sport fish therefore once these fish are caught we release them because their meat is
2: not valuable am i correct you are correct and it goes beyond that we we, we understand thank god as a society that these
0: Then we went quiet.
2: (laughs) He had me uh, uh, edible migrations and sport fish so why then kill them so you're not allowed to handle them in ways that you can handle other fish you're not allowed to bring a tarpon of size into your boat uh, or to handle it out of the water um, you can get and find and, and fwc and other organizations will get after you so once hooked you try to fight this fish very aggressively that's the fun tug of war you keep that fish in the water and try to revive it slightly if you can and let her go to, and we say her, and I do want to make a point there, uh, this, you know, the silver king, you know, I think we've mentioned it before. It's one of my little pet peeves. Yes, they're all boys or kings under 100 pounds. But when you see those big tarpon you love, they're our silver queens, right? And we all have nothing without our queen in our life. So I will say that let's give respect to these big girls when they're swimming by at 100 pounds, because they're like the snook, where they will actually change sex through their, life once they get to a certain size
1: well i just learned something i did not know that now listeners you may have missed part of this these fish when we when we bring them to the boat we're not bringing them into the boat for a whole host of reasons but really it's for the health and wellness of the species that has been under a great deal of stress and pressure over the last let's say 20 years as more people are getting out there but also water conditions have changed so much in their prime habitat that the species tarpon the, the foods they're eating are in high demand small crabs bait fish things like that but the overall water quality has made it harder on the species as well and the bigger part like i mentioned people are getting out there and really going after them so after we've hooked up and fought one of these fish for minutes or in some cases hours you're tired so is she wouldn't you agree there dave
2: Oh, 100%. We have to be all sensitive to this whole social media thing, okay? We know it's here to stay. We know it's part of our lives, and there's a lot of good with it, with us catching up with family and friends and nephews and nieces and everything. However, what it does is it makes everybody more vain, makes everybody – well, not everybody, but everybody gets what I'm saying. Uh, you know, it, it, you got to be sensitive with this. This fish is under incredible pressure because there may be no more incredible image than a tarpon jumping out of the water with you bowing and connected to it. This fish of a lifetime and in this incredible creature that you're holding its mouth next to you. So I think some people care more about the picture as this has gone on. Thank, Thankfully, as a society and all in the fishing world and regulations, we're understanding this. And at least with the tarpon, we've put our foot down. There is no bringing the fish into the boat, and there is no mishandling it. This species is um, its prehistoric. It is, uh, it's just something. It's epic. It really is. And it's very special to be a part of and witness. So with all this added pressure of tens of millions of people all wanting to go tarpon fishing and you name it, let's be responsible. And let's try to find out how to handle this fish. History, so it'll be here for generations to come. Water pressure is a big problem. You mentioned uh, we're all watching uh, this, uh, you know, pollution and and releases and and all of our you know fertilizers and all. No, we got to worry about our water as we increase our populations. It's just the responsible thing to do. Nobody wants this black eye on their record. So um, thankfully, we had an amazing governor who was elected here in DeSantis. Everybody should watch him. This man is really really something to speak of because he's fighting established things corruption that's been around for a long time he's taking risks personal and all and we're winning the state of florida is winning in many ways and how it handled let's say COVID. we're not going to get into that but more on how we've handled this whole um red tide and blue green algae and Okeechobee and sugar and all this that we've mentioned uh and the tarpon loves us for it for sure
0: And so off he goes. We lost him. <laughs> uh, I, I, maybe the uh, uh, political opposition uh, chopped him off. But they did. I was going to ask him about the Red Tide um because on one of the other visits we had with Captain Dave Shenard, that was one of the topics. In fact, the Bonefish and Tarpon Trust was mm-hmm. highly involved. Uh, the Coastal Conservation Association was involved. But it sounds like, uh, I, I don't know if it was through the governor, through the legislature, through uh, the uh, sport recreational fishing uh, associations, that they got through that or if it's seasonality anyway well but,
1: there's another group called captains for clean water that's very active down there um you know who who were quite good at that you know so i wonder as we try to get dave back on if we could talk about the flies we might use just a little bit that we'll,
0: we'll do that we'll bring him on but before we do i'd like to bring up that the uh he is like a preacher evangelizing about tarpon and the gulf coast of florida it makes and, you want to go doesn't it oh it makes you want to say amen brother preach it But it also brings to light some of the most addictive sports that we have in outdoors in hunting and fishing in in regards to pursuit and maybe it's the restrictions of the season and the people listening to the Carolina Outdoors may think about the duck hunters out there Mm -hmm. who are really addicts to duck season and, and when that comes into play, bar anything, work, family, anything, they are going to participate in duck season. Wild turkey, yeah. the turkey season, much the same in April and May throughout the Carolinas and even beyond. People in pursuit of those species drop everything, and they have it marked on the calendar. They're going, well, tarpon is really the same. And we can uh, ask Dave at Jesse Browns. We are selling plenty of 10 weights, 11 weights, 12 weights, uh, fly rods, fly line. And uh, the flies for people to go out there, but um, to find out from Captain Chenard what it is about the tarpon for the angler that makes it really addictive. Captain Dave, what's your insight on that?
2: Yeah, well, first of all, I mean, you can jump in a car and drive 10 hours. Or less, or 11 hour. Like, it's just amazing that anywhere in our, in our listening here in the southeast, it's a short drive. God's blessed us where we can catch trout on one end of the day and tarpon on the other side of the day, which is just a miracle in itself uh, with where we live in the whole planet. Um, as for the the fish itself, well, first of all, you have to look at the fact that this fish, for whatever reason, God made it where it wants to swim on the surface. That's what it wants to do. Now, if the water's dirty, she'll swim under the surface. She gets a little skittish, or he, uh, depending on the size. But, you know, they they get a little unnerved when they can't see in the water. They don't know. They're little scaredy cats a little bit. That's why they're prehistoric. They're not dumb. But when they have their regular water where they can see a decent distance as they swim, as the water gets cleaner, they swim higher and higher. And so this fish is always going to be within vision, and your guide will train you in your eyes because I will say it's ridiculous. It's like those bone fishing guys out in the Bahamas with dirty glasses and how good they can see these bonefish and it's almost mystifying. Well, that's the way your captains will get. I know myself, I'll speak for myself, I've gotten where my word, I, I astonish myself on the the how far, how accurate we can be in seeing fish, seeing the color because they are high enough. And so that gives you time to get, yes, nervous, but to really have fun with this, to say okay, these fish are coming from one o'clock right to left. You see them? There's three of them. They're 200 feet away. We're not going to cast them, we're going to go hit them right over here at 11 o'clock. All right, let's get over here. Okay, get ready. Here's your cast. You're watching these fish, how they're swimming, and you're strategizing. You made a comment before, you can only feed their face, not their butt. I, You know, we say it, we laugh as fishermen, but it's true. Once that fish is swimming by, there is no casting to it anymore. Some other species of fish, maybe you could put that lure in front of it and it'll eat it. The tarpon is such that it wants to romance a little bit. It wants to date you before it commits. And so it might see your fly, say your fly's cute. It'll give you a little wink or a look. You'll see it. She'll follow. She'll elevate. You'll tease her with a few more strips. She'll get a little closer and say, by golly, I think I might eat it. All of a sudden, she slowly opens up her mouth and inhales it with a couple gallons of water. All of this you're watching within vision. And to see a 100-pound-plus animal get enticed uh, by you and to go ahead and commit that way, and then you hook her. And then, of course, She's a jumper. Who doesn't want a fish that has this circus act, aerobatics, backwards, forwards, upside down? It is epic for everybody to see, and it's just super special. I don't know what else to say. They're, they're, as everybody will say, it's it's ruined marriages, ruined jobs, ruined commitments, lives. It's ruined everything, but it, it doesn't ruin memories, I will tell you that. You'll have those memories all the way to go meet your maker for sure. He's
0: Captain Dave Chenard from Chenard Associates. He is outfitting dealers like Jesse Brown's across the southeast, and part of it is because of his passion for the sport of fly fishing, especially for chasing those big tarpon. Dave, thank you for joining Wes and I here on the Carolina Outdoors.
2: It is always my pleasure. I put a smile on my face every time I think about you guys. Well, thanks for having me again.
0: Well, thanks for putting a a smile on the face of all of our Carolina Outdoor listeners. We're all Tarpon fans, no matter our pursuit right now. Off he goes, and off we go. Just for a moment, we're going to come back and uh, wrap up this thing we call the Carolina Outdoors.